Howdy, folks. This is Chris White, the managing partner at White Law Office, and we welcome you to Basic Business Advice. I'm joined this morning by three guys who are amazing. Dan Olabi, who is a speaker, author of a recent book, Authentic Leadership, coach, pastor, owner of Olabi Leadership, and director at Branches Worldwide. I'm joined by Jordan Mullet, the owner of Ruby Group and Sandler Training, owner of the Berlin Escape Room, and a coach. And Ken Hostetler, attorney and partner at White Law Office CEO and former owner of Trademark Exteriors. These three guys have been with us for the past two episodes that you hopefully got to listen to already. And they have brought great dialogue, some competing opinions about what to do and the scenarios that we're presenting. But I'm excited to hear what these guys have to say today. Our startup company today that we're evaluating is owned by Adam Smith. It's only six months old. It's a light manufacturing company, and it's just Adam and one partner. Adam just started this in January of 2020, right before everything had turned sideways with closures and quarantines. He left his full-time job to begin manufacturing parts for a local larger manufacturer, which is sometimes a common reason for starting a business in our area. He and his first employees started immediately with orders from the larger local manufacturers, but as the time went on and the larger manufacturers' work dried up, so did Adam's. He doesn't know if he can make it until the economy gets back in full swing. He's just sitting across the table from you three guys right now, and he wants to know, what do you say about all this? Yeah, so I'll jump in here. First of all, you know, this is a difficult conversation, and I'm, I'm sure Jordan and Dan are going to do a great job about talking about uh, leadership in a position like this, um, but I'm going to dive right into uh, the business aspect of this. One of the things that an event like the the COVID-19 situation that we've had really turns things upside down. And for some businesses, it's been a huge gain. You know, certainly uh, companies that are manufacturing campers right now, locally here, a lot of people that are raising dogs or doing other things related to outdoor activities are doing really well. And at the same time, we have companies that you know, maybe the timber industry or something like that, that are really struggling uh, just because this has turned everything upside down. And that's really what Adam's facing right now. He's got to figure out, is this a viable business model moving forward? I mean, does this still make sense if he doesn't have large manufacturers uh, that can give him work? Are there other ways he can do it? And he's really got to start asking himself, how much does he want this in order to try to figure out a new business model, or is it easier to say, hey, I need to make a change on this? Um, and that's really, in my opinion, that's where the conversation has to start. With everything that's changed, uh, can this business model be salvaged, or, or where does it go from here? Yeah, I think I would agree with Ken there, and I think that what he said at the very end makes the most sense. I think he, he needs to decide if he wants to be an entrepreneur or not because he could go back to a full-time job and he could work for somebody else and he could have that level of security. But if he wants to be an entrepreneur for the rest of his life, it's going to involve seasons like this. This is not going to be the first out for him. And so he's going to have to understand what it looks like to dig deep and find customers. I mean, if he doesn't have one now, then he has to go find one somewhere else. And if he's not willing to do that, or he's been dependent on another organization or another business to supply him what he needs, then he ultimately doesn't want to be an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur means creating a path where none exists. And this is a perfect opportunity for him to spread his wings and become what he's always wanted to be. But if he doesn't want to do that, then he needs to let his employee know right now, like, hey, I don't have it in me. I'm ready to get out. And he needs to find a job like ASAP. 
this gap, Jordan, when it comes back to it. Figure out if Jordan Molly got uh, dumped off the signal there. So the question I have for you two is this. He started his model based upon satisfying the need of a larger producer. And he had a single producer that was, it was his model just bad from the start. I think was one of the just, hardest things about this is, was it just bad from the start? I don't know that it's necessarily a, a bad model to begin with. The reality is that uh, most business owners recognize pretty quickly, you don't want to be dependent on one customer, but sometimes that's where your opportunity starts at. And the question is, is that give you enough business of where you can survive in the short term to get to where the long-term uh, goals are of having a broad customer base where you're really cutting down that, uh, that level of liability of, of relying on one customer. You know, and that's yeah. a big part of being an entrepreneur here is that, and we call it massive action in our world. This is where there's times that you have to do double time, part-time for full-time free time. And you have to gut it out and you have to go and put massive action into something. Um, one of my favorite stories from a local businessman is that he told me that when he first started out his business, he, he would have enough work for the afternoons. And that meant that every morning he was out knocking on doors in the business looking for work or in the business area. And so he was doing double time, part time. So he's being the salesperson part of the time and he was being the, the guy out in the shop the rest of the time. And that's how he built his business. That's kind of the mind mentality that has to come through here. Dan, what were you going to say? Do you think that this model is flawed to start with too small of a market? Or do you think that it's a great launching point and that he needs to spring off of this, like you said, and go out and find the work? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that I think that it's my personality would be someone who would say, yeah, I'm going to take the opportunity that's in front of me and I'm going to run with it. And if I need to create other opportunities while I'm holding on to the single opportunity, then I'm going to do that. But I mean, this is a season, going back to what Jordan said, this is a season where he has to take massive action. And it's not going to be the first time that he does that. And so to think that he made a poor choice just because he has to work harder now than he expected, that, that's faulty thinking. You know, just because you have to work hard, things didn't go the way you expected, doesn't mean it was a poor plan to start out with. It just means you need to take into account more hard work and effort. Ken, I got a follow up for you because you, you, you've got a good, unique perspective on this. What about the sunk cost theory on this? What if he has the idea that I've got to keep going because I've already put six months of my life into this. I've got to keep going into this. What would you say into that? Would you say, no, man, you don't have to keep going with this? Or would you say, yeah, you haven't given it a fair shake yet? Yeah, that's, it's hard to know without knowing exactly what this is. And I'm sure all of us could give examples of where businesses have felt that, hey, you know what? I, this model worked at one time. We just have to stick to this model. And they rode that model all the way to the grave. And, and they were never willing to say, you know what, we have to do something completely different because they put so much time and energy and, and other things in. And at the same time, we've all heard lots of stories of where, you know, a business is, is almost bankrupt and they're, they're almost done. You know, they're, they're just ready to wrap up the shop and they decide, you know what, we're just going to persevere. We really believe in this model. It doesn't, you know, we're, we're saying we've already invested this much. We're going to keep going. And it works out for them. So it's, it's really hard to say that he has to walk away just because the model doesn't work. Or, you know what, I'm, I'm okay with, with sticking to this just because I have so much invested in this. And, and it's just unique for each situation. 
Dan, what about you? I mean, you, you're saying double down, Max and Max, and you and Jordan are saying get in there and dig after this. But when in a situation is a failed launch a failed launch, when do you have to look back and say a rocket exploded on the launch pad and, you know, we're just lucky to walk away from it? When, when does that happen versus, no, we've got to keep pushing. We've got to try and break gravity here and get, in, get into orbit with this. What do you, what do you say about that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, that's a gut-wrenching moment for any entrepreneur. I mean, because inside you think to yourself, if I just push a little bit harder, maybe I can make this work. But you never actually know. Seth Godin, Seth Godin has a great book on this where he talks about the virtue of quitting. And oftentimes people will talk about, you know, don't quit, don't ever quit. And he's like, no, everybody who's ever done anything significant in their life have, has quit something. You're not still dating the first girlfriend that you had when you're in high school. You know, like you quit and moved on. And that's okay. And so here's what I would say. I would say there's two things that you have to pay attention to when you're deciding to quit. Number one, you have to pay attention to the vision. Is the vision still strong? Can you still see it? I mean, are you still waking up in the morning feeling excited about living that sort of life? And if you are, that's a key indicator. The second thing you have to pay attention to is the amount of cost. How much is this costing your family? How much is this costing your health? Are you still able to pursue this and still have a healthy like, life outside of work? If you're not able to do that, then that's a really good indication that, look, this is not sustainable or for my family. And so if the vision is still hot and the cost is still low enough that you can still enjoy your life outside of work, then I would say that's a good indication that you need to keep moving on this because you haven't tapped into everything that's out there. Jordan, I, you guys spend a lot of time coaching with folks in, in these environments. And I know you've been investing a lot in folks who have been struggling in this environment right now. What is your real-time advice been to folks in, in this? Well, I think we really struggle with failure. I think that's what's happening uh, in a large part of this. And, and when we struggle with failure, there's a lot of things that, that happen. Um, we tend to shut down. We don't ask for help. We blame ourselves. There's a lot of internal stories that go on. And our number one rule in Sandor training is in order to win, you have to learn to fail. Failure is part of the progress. If you look at anybody that has done something successful in life, you can look at the end of their life and look at what they've accumulated or what you know their accomplishments. But what happens is you look back through their life, you look at the failures. Uh, one of my favorite examples of that is Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar, you know, died at, in his 80s with affected millions and millions of people. Zig Ziglar was dead broke in his, in his late 40s. He was dead broke. He was, he was not providing for his family, was not capable. There was nobody coming to him for advice. You know, his life turned around because of failures, because of things that he'd been through. Abraham Lincoln, a great example. He lost election campaign after campaign, lost his business. And I think that's what we miss out on as entrepreneurs. We look at today and we forget about tomorrow. You have to learn to fail to win which means that, you know, there's going to be dead ends. There's going to be times that you're going to go through things and you're going to wonder, you know, what about tomorrow? What's going to happen? It's the belief that there is something better, that there's a long term here, that this is not just this play, that it's everything going on, that I'm working towards something greater. So Chris, you asked the question, you know, what am I sharing with people? Well, I had a guy sitting in my office last week and he was coming to the end of, of, a, a new job and it felt like a failure to him and he was beating himself up. Well, once we started saying, well, it's okay to fail, all of a sudden his options changed. He was able to, to do and talk about things that he couldn't. And, you know, now he's looking at, well, what did I learn from that? What, what did I gain from those things? And I think specifically for 
this gentleman that has this business, no matter what happens, he is now more employable than he's ever been. Because when you start owning a business, you take those types of risks, your mind changes, your behaviors change, how you operate changes. And that makes you more employable to somebody down the road. They hire you, you're better off. Everything about you is better. Yeah, guys, this is a really hard thing. Failure is difficult. You know, whether that's a failure in victory, failure in your business, failure in your family, whatever it is, failure is a really, really difficult thing to stomach. And Adam's sitting across the table from the three of you guys in our make-believe scenario restaurant here. And he's looking at the table now going, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Because this is a reality check for him. This is a reality check that he left a job, started something because he had a vision for it. And external forces came in because we're agreeing that the model isn't necessarily bad that he started on. It's just external forces came in and overwhelmed the situation, overwhelmed what he was prepared for in this situation. And Adam looks up at you guys and he goes, well, what should I do next? What do you say? I think he needs some, uh, some time. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's not a lot of time, but he, he really needs to wrap his head around this decision and figuring out whether he's going to have long-term peace with it, with whatever decision he makes. So, uh, you know, I, I think my encouragement would be is, is start that evaluation process and start figuring out, you know, what we said at the beginning, does he want to be an entrepreneur? That's still the, the starting point. And if he's unable to make that decision, he's going to have to live with the consequences of not making a decision. And he may not like those options. Yeah, I, w- I would also agree with Ken. I think um, coming to peace with his situation, I think, is key. And taking some time away to evaluate and think through things is huge. You know, one thing I would add to what Ken said, though, is that I think it's important for him to, to ultimately come to peace with the details of failure. I think sometimes we think to ourselves, gosh, you know, I didn't, it didn't work out. But then you've got to go to family reunions. And when people who haven't seen you in a couple of months ask you what's going on with your business, and you tell them, hey, this is what happened. You don't want to be the guy that makes a thousand excuses and blames the company and blames the economy and blames the president. You want to be the guy who holds your head up high and say, hey, I gave it a shot and it just didn't work this time. And so here's what I'm doing with my life. Like it's hard to have that conversation over and over and over again, especially in a small community. And so he has to come to terms with that and use this opportunity as a character building moment. Because if he doesn't and he makes a ton of excuses on the way out as he closes his business down, it is not going to help him in his next job. Just like Jordan said, right now he's eminently employable. But if he keeps making excuses and he's, if he's the kind of person that says, it's not my fault and you know, it's the fault of the other company or it's the fault of the president and the fault of the economy, then no one's going to want to hire a guy like that. Yeah, this is really why I encourage my business owners that I work with to journal. And I know it sounds weird, but being able to put some thoughts on paper about what you believe every day. If you, if you look at uh, back in past history, King David did this a lot. King David wrote a lot of the Psalms in the Bible, and he would, he would just take the time to write out what he's dealing with, and he would share you know, his heartfelt things where it felt like everybody was against him, and then he would remind himself of stuff. He would tell himself a story, and he would decide what he wants it to be. And a lot of those had to do with who his God was and who he was believing in and who he believed that God was saying that he was, and that would give him the courage to go on. And I think that's what business owners need to do is they need to figure out what that story is going to be. And a lot of times we have a lot of things going in the back of our head 
of all the different things that other people have told us that we are. And we have to start deciding who do I want to be? What, what am I going to do in these moments? Jordan, that's a great point. I love that you said that, especially the, the situation with David. In chapter four of my book, I talk about that situation specifically and how he beat the lion and the bear using the sort of the storytelling technique, making sure that even though he experienced some hardship and defeat, he told himself the right story. And that enabled him to defeat Goliath, which is a bigger, stronger monster years down the line. So that's a great point. You guys, you guys have brought up something, and Dan, I think it was you who said it, is maybe what we're focusing on is the fear of failure isn't actually in the failure itself. It's in the perception that we feel everybody else has when they look at us from the outside in. Sometimes we stick with things too long because we're afraid of what people will think of us if we fail. How do you confront that? Not, not even in Adam's case in our fictional, fictional scenario here, but how do you confront helping somebody navigate that fear of failure perception outside looking in when they're not sure what people are going to say? They don't really know, but we tend to go to the worst places with that. How do you help somebody navigate that? Yeah, Chris, that's a great question. You know, when I'm working with people, one of the things I try to dig into is the story behind the actual story that they're telling. So there's that moment where they're afraid of losing their business. But the bigger story, just like you said, is the, the fear of what the community thinks. And what I would say to him in this situation, or really to anybody, what I've said before, is that you have to understand that this is a moment in time where your character is being tested. And if you want to be the sort of person that builds an extraordinary business or is an amazing employee 10 years from now, you're going to have to deal with the insecurity that comes from sometimes failing in public. And so being able to sort of have your identity rooted in something deeper than what other people think about you enables you to do some pretty extraordinary things years from now. But you've got to fight those battles now. If this is a failure, let's look at this as a small failure because you're going to have big ones down the line if you're doing big things. And so if you can handle this one well, then you'll be able to cope with the big ones down the line. And those big failures always lead to bigger successes if you manage it the right way. Yeah, whether, they li- whether you like it or not, this is business. And whether you like it or not, this is life. Life is hard. It's difficult. Fair died in the Garden of Eden. And there's always going to be difficulties. And at some point, you're going to have to make a decision. What are you going to do with that? How are you going to handle that? What is your story going to be? And by the way, if you have not picked up authentic leadership from Dan yet, it, it's incredible. I'm just giving you a shout out there, Dan. Just astonished with your mom's story and then yours as well. Just the adversity that was overcome. You know, we need stories like that. And this is the incredible thing is this gentleman, this, this fictionary business owner has this opportunity to write his story. He gets to talk about what happened during the stay at home, how that affected his business. I was the guy that started three months before. Adam's getting ready to finish up. You can tell, you kind of get that, you know, end of meeting, end of breakfast movement that's going on in the chair. You know, he's got his cup of coffee in his hand and he's taking the last sip and he, he's looking around the table. What's the last thing you want to, you, you each would leave Adam with before he leaves this, leaves this breakfast meeting with you guys? I'd say it's going to be okay. Whatever he does, it's going to be okay. And I, I think Dan made a great point about, you know, understanding that this is, uh, this is something that he, he needs to understand his own character and, and understand who he is and be rooted deeper than whatever this failure may end up being or, you know, trying to walk through this. And, and I know that's difficult, but I think everyone needs to hear that. We all know that, but sometimes we just need someone else to step in our life and say, you know what, 
we get it. We've all failed. We're here. We're going to help you in any way we can and know that it's going to be okay. Yeah, I, I, my last question would be, what are you going to do, right? Because in the end of the day, it's action. So what are you committing to? Uh, and when are you going to get it done by? And who's going to help you with it? I think if he needed support, uh, which from this conversation, it sounds like he does. He knows what to do. He just needs someone in his corner to give him support along the way. You know, I would tell him a story. I would tell him about the story of how my daughter um, right now, who's seven years old, is riding a huge bike. And she's riding faster than she's ever ridden before. And she's excited because she can go places. She can visit her friends across the street, across the block. She can do that stuff. But two years ago, she was terrified to ride because every time she rode, she fell off and scraped her knee. And it was painful and it was hard and it was difficult. But her and I had one-on-one -on -one conversations where we talked about this being part of the process. You have to fall in order to learn to ride. There's no way around it. And so if you can settle that in your heart and realize that failure is part of the story, then you can get back on the bike every time and eventually learn to ride and the failure will become less and less painful over time. I would tell him that. And then I would say, regardless of how this happens, whether you get off the bike and never ride again, or whether you fall and scrape your knee and you get back on again, I'm in your corner. I'm going to call you next week. I'm going to root you on. I'm going to ask you how it went. And then I'm going to call you the week after that just to see if you're doing okay. Because I care about you, regardless of whether you own a business or not. Guys, this is fantastic. And, it, and it's fantastic due to the fact that failure is such a hard thing to have an honest conversation about. It's so hard to look at your rocket that you're getting ready to launch to space because you want to enter an orbit, you want to go to a new place, and you watch it just blow up on the pad. And, you know, the, the, uh, NASA is such a great example of that because how many of its rockets blew up before they finally were able to get to a point of launching somebody. But failure is always an option. And it's always something we need to talk about with respect and dignity. And so I appreciate everything that you guys are bringing to this. And to our listeners who are listening to this podcast, these guys are not just on here talking about fictional scenarios. Many of them are actively engaged in helping small business owners navigate these waters. So they're not just talking about storytelling and fictional stories. They're talking about real life situations where they're available to you. And so, you know, if you need to talk to a Dan or a Jordan or a Ken or find one of those in your community, we strongly recommend it because you need to be able to talk about things when they're not going right and evaluate whether it's a failure or just a setback. Whether this is time for you to walk away into something new or to dig deep and go big as, uh, as may the options may be. And so we encourage you, if you're encountering failure where you are right now as a listener, reach out, talk to somebody. You know, Dan's got an amazing book, and we've already set, talked about it twice now, uh, but Authentic Leadership is an amazing book that is out there right now talking about leadership stories. Jordan is actively engaged every single day in coaching small businesses, especially through difficult times like this. And Ken, he's available. He's available to give that advice from a perspective of both somebody who is actively consulting and advising small businesses right now on a legal basis and the guy who is in the business and built a business and sold that business and transitioned careers to find himself where he is now. So each one of these guys has got the chops. Each one of these guys has got the experience and each one of these guys have the know-how to walk you forward if you need some help with this. So we thank you for listening to Basic Business Advice by White Law Office. I'm Chris White managing partner, and we'll catch you next time.